just listening to your first episode, a podcast where I help people around the world get over their fears and start their own creative, interesting, and important podcasts. Together, we record your first episode. I'm Alex Blumenstein. You can reach me at alex at bloomlabs.me or my website, bloomlabs.me, or on most social media, I'm bloomto. If you're eager to start your own podcast, visit yourfirstepisode.com and apply to be on the show. Today, we're recording Anne-Marie Vivienne's first episode of her podcast, Breakfast Poetry. She'll be speaking with people from all walks of life to better understand their morning routines. Anne-Marie describes herself as an unsupervised academic and poet. Great. Thank you so much for doing this with me, Alex. Um, So yeah, I'm Anne-Marie Vivienne, and I am a writer and a poet uh, and a naturalist. Um, I live in Salt Lake City, um, and I love being outside as much as possible. And a lot of my writing and poetry is inspired by the landscape. And, you know, once upon a time when we used to travel the world, you know, landscapes I would visit and be inspired by that way. And my background is in studying and writing poetry. And, and for me, I just have this passion of helping people access poetry. Um, it's become this really elusive thing for many people. And um, they want to get it. You know, I get a lot of people asking, you know, what should I read? Where should I start? How do I get into poetry? And and how do I know what it means? And there's just a lot of questions around it. And honestly, for me, I was like, we've just overcomplicated poetry. It's what I tell people is it's like music. You know, you can listen to a song and not be a musicologist or know anything about music theory to enjoy it. You just get to listen to it. And so with my podcast, my hope is, um, one, it's kind of twofold. One, you know, I'll be interviewing people who have an interest in poetry, but do something else by day. Maybe they are a chef or an artist or a scientist even, but uh, poetry plays, um, you know, it's part of their personal passion, maybe part of a daily ritual, but I want people to hear poetry more. So um, poetry just if you just read it on a page, it's just dead words. It's it's like reading sheet music sure. and expecting to be moved by the music. So I want people to hear poetry more. And then the other part about uh, me and uh, oh, go ahead. Can I, can I can I can I put you on the spot there and say, can you recite a couple lines of poetry for us? Oh yeah, sure. So um, <laughs> I also love to memorize it and encourage people to do so because Amazing. it's like memorizing you know, a chorus to your favorite song, you know, you can just, you don't have to memorize the whole song, but if you can just pull out a few lines that you love. So one of my go-tos every day is um, a poem by W.S. Merwin. I'll just do the first couple lines and it's a poem called The Gift. And it goes like this. I have to trust what has been given to me if I am to trust anything. It led the stars over the shadowless mountain. What does it not remember in its night in silence? What does it not hope, knowing itself no child of time? What did it not begin? What will it not end? So, you know, there's just Thank these you. lines. Yeah, yeah, thanks for asking. And I think, yeah, if you can just, and, and not worry about what it means, right? Like, just mm-hmm. hear it and feel it. And each person who reads it is going to read it different, just like a musician is going to play a piece different. 
And it's so it's I just want people to feel poetry and not worry about what does it mean? <laughs> because it's it's a song. It does have rhythm. Most poems have some kind of rhythm um, and they have a melody. They have harmonies. And I think we just we think we, we get too much in our heads about poetry. And I want people to, to hear it so they can feel it in their bodies. Um, and then the other piece of the oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to ask, I mean, before we move on to really like get into the podcast, I just want to like understand a little bit more about sort of you and your relationship um, with poetry and something that, you know, is interesting to me is, you know, we probably all grew up going to school and we had some part of our curriculum on poetry and it was like, read it, interpret it, and then move on. So maybe you can tell us like a little bit about sort of like your relationship with poetry from, you know, when you did you, is that when you were hooked? How did you, how did this happen? My, my love story with poetry, that's how did I fall in love? (laughs) So mine's my story with poetry. I didn't, it was slow. It took me a while. So, but my first real memorable experience with poetry was I had a high school English teacher who read it, who read poetry aloud to us in a way that just like arrested me. It just fascinated me and it moved me. And, and I was never good at interpreting the poetry but when she read it like I just felt this calm in my body and I just wanted her to just read it I didn't want to have to do the assignment and break it down and break it apart I just loved hearing it and so you know I you know I went on I went through college my undergrad which was in history nothing to do with poetry and then I moved back in my graduate work to do English literature and I subconsciously gravitated towards poetry courses and writing about it. I didn't expect to do that. And that's where I landed. And I, I was approaching it from a very musical standpoint. So I got re-familiar with it then. And then now um, it's not an academic approach at all. I've gone back to this more feeling, you know, I, I, I don't care to talk about, um, you know, pentameters or rhyme scheme. I just want to read poetry with people and, and talk about how it makes you feel and not about the structure of it. Um, You use an interesting term, um, an unsupervised academic. Is that sort of how you describe (laughs) your approach to it? Can you give me a little color on that? Yes, I am an unsupervised (laughs) academic. So I have, you know, I have some academic training, some good background there, but um, I don't want to be beholden to the, you know, I think the rhetoric of academia works within academia, but it doesn't work for anyone else. You know, it's, it's this very specific language and it's, it's very an exclusive language. And so, yeah, I take a lot of liberty when I talk about poems and I bring in you know, again, how does it make me feel, which is something that never happens in academia. That's a big no-no. So I'm unsupervised and I get a little bit wild. And to me, you know, poetry is art. And like most artists, you know, they, once they put their art out there, they know it's open to anyone's interpretation and there should be a relationship with the viewer or, you know, so it's, I feel like, academia can sometimes have they they have too much ownership on on it and so i'm i'm saying 
you know, give the poetry back to the people and let us talk about how it made us feel and what we think it means. And it might even change day to day for me what this poem means. And I think, I think it's really interesting when you say this because removing sort of the, I guess, you know, the shackles of academia and the pretense of academia, I think, removes a lot of barriers in terms of the access to poetry. And if you don't need to interpret it, it's much easier to enjoy, in, in my opinion. Um, so let's get into the podcast. This is, you know, your first episode. We want to talk about what you want to do as a podcast. And I just want to say, like, I really, really love the idea. Um, but let's, let's have you explain it. Okay, great. Thanks. Um, So yeah, so it's not just about poetry. I'm a very um, ritualistic person and but in a in a not in that way that feels um, regimented. Um, It's it's a way I kind of sometimes I feel like some people might think I'm a little bit of a monk. (laughs) (laughs) um, It's actually, you know, these, you know, reading poetry every morning is is a ritual of mine. It's the way I kind of start my day. You know, I I have a tea ceremony in the morning with myself, you know, so there's certain things that I do or in different seasons that I do. And, and to me, that's what creates a more poetic life. A life of meaning are these, you know, these, I call them ordinary rituals. And it's, I don't know, I think sometimes we get so caught up in chasing these peak experiences in life and we pay a lot of money to have these really exciting experiences and yet the things that really matter you know it's it's a way to just pause and think about what really matters to me and what what what's just within my home that can open up my perspective that can that can heal something that can make me see something different and I think you know there's a the poet Mary Oliver said, you know, I got saved by poetry and the beauty of the world. You know, it wasn't like I got saved by going to see a shaman. I got saved by going to Burning Man. I got saved by, you know, this amazing peak experience. It was by just going out on a walk every day and reading poems every day. And so with the podcast, Um, it kind of, what I want to do is interview chefs, authors, musicians, people who do have interesting lives, but interview them about their rituals and how that really sets the tone for their days and for their life and how that kind of creates meaning for them and a a foundation for what they're doing. And I, I think that's so fantastic. I mean, I think it has such a, just from a, from a listener perspective, it has such broad appeal from people who want to, you know, be grounded in people's routines and understand, you know, that sort of uh, sacred or, or I think as you put it, rather ordinary rituals that people engage in. And then also just from like a everyday person productivity standpoint, it's like, oh yeah, I want to hear how this person, the chef, this whomever uh, lives their life. And that's also fascinating. So I, I, I really like it and I'm really looking forward to, uh, to, to more of it. Um, so what, what really, why is it so important to you to share this, share, share these experiences with other people? Because I mean, I agree with Mary Oliver, like these things saved me. I came from, you know, I had a very traumatic childhood Mm -hmm. and I think, um, you know, not everyone has a perfect childhood and the degree of trauma you experience is varies and, and life can have, 
there's a lot of trauma in life. And I feel like, again, these simple things, you know, I call them ordinary rituals, but you, you almost call them sacred. And to me, they, they become that and they become something quite profound and really healing. And so for me, um, I want people to just know there's all these different ways. I want them to have options of how to get grounded in our world that's so fast paced. And there's so many self-help books and so many ways that you're supposed to get over your depression or you're supposed to, you know, be more ambitious or get more done or, you know, it's just or hustle, you know, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Hustle. This is one of my, you know, I'm always pushing, pushing back against the hustle. And I think these ordinary rituals, I want people to know it's okay to pause and to, to take in beauty, whether it's a poem or a cup of tea, you know, and that this is time not only well spent, but necessary to just, so for your soul to thrive and survive. And so when people listen to the podcast, they sit down, they listen to the first episode. Well, this is your first episode, but your second episode will say, um, what will they take away from it? Oh, I, you know, what I hope they take away from it is that, that they're okay and that their simple, ordinary life is beautiful and that, you know, that it's okay to stop and pause. And I hope that they are inspired by the people that they hear and that they feel like, you know, I think sometimes we end up, we read about people who do amazing things and we feel like we fall so short mm-hmm. and, you know, we feel like we don't have the resources to achieve those same things. And I want people to feel like they have so many resources at their fingertips just by looking out their window to be inspired, to learn how to grow, how to you know, how to ripen and how to be consumed, you know, like I have all of these, you know, poetry is so great with these metaphors. And I just, I just hope they come away with a feeling of like, like, it's as simple, it's not complicated. And I can slow down and I can enjoy something beautiful for myself. Is there a practical piece of advice that you can give people who, who, you know, aren't going to wait, who don't want to wait until they can listen to your podcast uh, in terms of developing an ordinary routine or what, what is a good example of an ordinary routine that they can start, you know, tomorrow morning? So, I mean, you know, my mom would start with make your bed, (laughs) but yeah, no, a a really practical one is I think most people have a, a morning beverage, you know, and just, rather than drinking your coffee and scrolling through social media or headlines, just drink the beverage slowly and breathe. You know, the breathing is, is one of the most simple, you know, just take three breaths in between each sip, you know, and just check in with yourself. You know, what am I feeling? What do I, what do I want today to bring or you know, am I willing to be surprised today? Just, I don't know. I think the, yeah, the practical quick one would be sit with your beverage, at least just one cup. If you need to hurry through the second cup. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I think that's a great example. And it's, it's, it's quite coincidental because uh, the interview I did earlier today, which is the first episode of this series, um, 
we're talking about, you know, not too similar of a subject, but, you know, there's some overlap. And what he said to me was, you know, an act of self-love that's very accessible is to take a drink of water because your Mm -hmm. body needs water and you're giving it it, right? And that's an act of self-love. And it's like for somebody like me who might not be like, you know, engaging in self-love, like I think about that and I say, wow, yeah, you're right. Like that's an easy way to practice that, that, that routine. So yeah. So I think, yeah, people already have a routine, you know, like we already have them just, you know, pick one and pay attention to it next time. Just pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. So let's get into the, uh, the format here. So you want to interview interesting people. Um, who are like your three dream guests? Oh, my three dream (laughs) guests. Yes. (laughs) So, Okay. I would love to have the author um, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Um, she, I loved, I love her books, um, Half a Yellow Sun, Americana. Um, so she's an author I would love to interview. Um, I would love to interview um, the musician. He's, I, I think he's kind of well known, but maybe more on the indie spectrum. His name is Gregory Allen Isakoff, so a musician I would like to interview. And um, I would like to interview um, her name. So let me, she has three names like me. So let me get it straight. Um, Robin Wall Kimmerer, who wrote Braiding Sweetgrass, a book about um, reconnecting to the earth. She's a biologist. Um, Anyway, so those are right now my dream, but I do have some set up, you know, I'll be interviewing a photographer chef like a national geographic photographer oh good mm-hmm. um a james beard um winning chef and um a ceramicist so i do have some people lined up like that Excellent. so no, that's great that you have it uh lined up so, but in terms of your your dream guests um i guess what's stopping you from tracking them down oh well <laughs> i want to have a few episodes sure. under my belt you know, like the people I'm interviewing to begin with are friends. And so if I'm, you know, I, I want to stutter with them. Yes, understood. <laughs> that, feels, that feels safe. And also just, yeah, I think, you know, meeting your heroes is already overwhelming enough. I don't want to be worried about, did I hit record or not? You know, <laughs> like yeah. I want to have some things just kind of, I'm on autopilot. I know what I'm doing. So that when I'm in awe and talking to this person, I'm not forgetting the really important little critical pieces. Sure. But you're, you're, you'll do it though. You're, oh, you're going to, yeah. Okay, good. good. I, in fact, my, yeah, my friend who I'm interviewing, who's a National Geographic photographer, he, you know, he's putting out a book and he just reached out to his favorite author who he's never met and said, would you do a, you know, a little blurb about my book? And he responded and said, yes. So we're both on this train of like, that's amazing. what do I have to lose? You just yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. so There's nothing to lose. It. I'm going right. to do it. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Um, moving to your listeners, um, describe the person that you kind of see as like your ideal listener. Who, who mm. needs to hear this? Who do you want to hear this? Uh, who's that person? Oh, man. I want the person who... who you know, is, is, I guess, similar to me and the, how I used to look for these kind of high tech, complicated solutions to 
healing myself or finding meaning in my life. I, I want to find that person who's tried everything and they still, you know, aren't finding that meaning in their life that they're looking for. And I, I want to surprise them with how simple this can be. And, and I want to, yeah, the people who just, yeah, I want, I want the people who are making life too complicated to find us and just be reminded that it's, it's not actually that complicated. Mm -hmm. And so that leads to the next question is how do you find these people? How do you plan to actually get in front of them, grow this audience, the, the hard, you know, technical work of actually building something? Right. So I think that's partly why I want to interview people and, yeah. you know, you can kind of leverage their platforms too. again, this photographer friend and the chef friend, they both have, you know, like the photographer, he's very, you know, looped into the um, Silicon Valley crowd mm-hmm. and the tech world that was his past life, you know, and I think that's exactly, I want his, you know, his colleagues to tune in, you know, and just, you know, they are the technocrats. Sure. <laughs> you know, so, so in a way, you know, that's a little bit strategic on my end to to ask him to be on a podcast because I know that when he talks, you know, when he says, hey, everyone, listen to this podcast I was on. This is my friend Anne-Marie, you know, that he's he's well-respected in his circles. And so I know that people will tune in. And so it's the people who I'm asking to interview, I hope that, you know, I'm thinking about their audience too. Sure. and. And I, and I feel like their audience would benefit from such a conversation. And it gives, you know, I feel like it, you know, talking to even an author, right? Like how mostly an author is talking about their own books. And I feel like getting an author to talk about their favorite poems or their rituals. And they're talking about something. I think sometimes people get sick of talking about themselves and their work. So I hope that will work out for everyone. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I sort of said it earlier, but I mean, that's what's so great about this concept is that it's its both an important format and an interesting format, but also it lends itself to growth very well because you're not just like having somebody on, like a lot, of, a lot of people with an audience get invited on to just talk about themselves. So like that's, you know, less interesting, less competitive, but then if you have somebody on to talk about themselves, it's talking about themselves but in a very different way than yeah, you, you get it. You you just said it. So it, yeah. it, it does the trick. Yeah. And I think just one more thing when, you know, yeah. talking about the listeners, um, I do feel like people don't know where to kind of fill that part of them that needs a spiritual fulfillment, mm-hmm. you know, because there's, it gets so complicated and, and this is a way for people to make a personal kind of practice and they can call it spiritual. They can call it ordinary ritual. You know, it doesn't have to be some big thing. And I want, yeah, for the listeners to just feel like this is so natural and it's, and yet it's feeling that side of me that needs um, some meaning and bigger purpose. So are you facing any barriers now to actually starting this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> what are they? <laughs> it's the technical stuff. It's like you, oh, okay. like you have a microphone and I'm like, oh, sure. I've, got to, I've got to order my microphone. Mm. I still haven't ordered my microphone. And which recording platform am right. I going to use? I've done all the research and and now I have to make that decision of like which platform will be one, you know, the one that will be the 
somewhat easiest. So I actually do it mm-hmm. and I don't get overwhelmed by just the technicalities of actually totally. recording. So, yeah. So, uh, if I were you, I would get to it, uh, get started. Now, now's the time. Um, and something, I, something I kind of want to do with, uh, the people who I speak with on this is, you know, set a goal with them that we can, you know, follow up and hold them accountable to. So, I mean, I think, you know, the obvious goal is to just get your damn tech stuff going so you can start, start the, the podcast. Um, and then I'd add just to, you know, add a little bit more excitement is to reach out, you know, within the month to one of your dream, uh, your dream, uh, interviewer guests, um, and, uh, that way we can follow up and say, Hey, did you do it? Okay. You're on. All right. I'm good. (laughs) Okay. So I'm by the, you know, by the end of the month, I'm going to have my tech stuff set up. Perfect. And I'm not that far. I just need to pull the trigger and, and I'm going to reach out to one of my, my heroes. So I can do that. Excellent. And before we end, can I get you to uh, do another quick reading? Yeah. Okay. So This is a short poem uh, by Rainer Maria Rilke, who's a German poet. Um, So it goes like this. I live my life in widening circles that drift out over the things. I may not achieve the very last, but it will be my aim. I've been circling around God, around the age-old tower. I've been circling for millennia, and still I don't know. Am I a falcon, a storm, or a sovereign song? Thanks for listening to your first episode and Anne-Marie's very first episode of Breakfast Poetry, which should be available on podcast players any day now. You can reach Anne-Marie at annemarievivienne at gmail.com or her website, annemarievivienne.com. And social, you guessed it, Anne-Marie-Vivienne. I want to hear from anyone and everyone who is listening. Email me, alex at bloomlabs.me or on social at bloomto. Visit yourfirstepisode.com if you want to record with me. And a very special shout out that I left out of the first two episodes to the King of the Synth, Austin the Ottman Morris, for the music. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>